Hey, what's up, everybody? My guest on the show today is Jules Rogers. She is a faith-based yoga instructor from the Philadelphia area, and I had the great privilege of getting to learn yoga from her while I was at Liberty University. And as well as learning yoga from Jules, I've also learned a lot of stuff about life from Jules. And so I hope you guys get to learn stuff from Jules as well. So here comes the episode. I hope you like it. Here we go. All right, Jules. Uh, how old were you? When was the first time that you did yoga? So I am 21 now. And the first time I did yoga... Oh, man. I think the first time like I ever attempted it was probably when I was little, but I didn't really mm-hmm. start seriously pursuing it until I would say like my junior year of high school. So about four years ago. When was that when the first time that you did it when you were little? Was it like from a like a family member provoking you or was it like like how little were you like a kid kid or like a oh, teenager? Um, probably like a kid kid. I think it's like one of those things that like like yoga is like something you can do. You don't need any equipment. So like you know, how uh, yeah, people yeah. just do it for fun. I think it was one of those mm-hmm. things. And then what brought you back to it when you were a, a junior in high school? Um, <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous, but it was no, because this is what we're here for. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> I saw it on social media and I was uh-huh. like, that looks so cool. Like I want to be able to do those things. Uh-huh. But then once I started, once I started doing it, I was like, I love this. And I just like had such a passion for it. Well, that's a really cool uh, like pro for social media, because a lot of times you hear people always ragging on social media and saying, oh, it's so crappy. It's always it's ruining us. Like we don't know how to talk to people anymore. It's making us so much less social. Uh, but it was one of the reasons you started yoga. So that's good. I always yeah. like bringing up uh, good things about social media because it's such a topic of conversation for people to rag on uh and for people to to say bad things about and say how destructive it is but in reality i think social media is does a lot more good than it does bad but i think people just have a problem with themselves like it's a problem with self-control it's not a problem with social media uh and so i think that's awesome that the social media did something so good for you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it always gets me upset when people uh, say such bad things about uh, social media or say such, especially since I've been traveling a lot uh, and whenever I stay in hostels or anything like that, uh, foreigners or people who are not from America love to pick on America right now. And it kind of sucks a little bit because America is very, is very easy to be picked on. And uh, you gain a lot of, you can get a lot of laughs by making fun of America outside of America. And so people like to do it a lot. And so it doesn't bother me that much because it doesn't really hurt my feelings. Like it doesn't, they're not making fun of me, but uh those social media and for some reason social media and America I know those are two very different things but those are things that I always love 
getting to highlight uh, the good things that they do. So the good things that social media does and the good things that America does. I always like highlighting those things. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like social media is a huge part of my major. Um, so it's really interesting to see like the benefits of it. But I even in my own life, I've definitely seen areas where I'm like, yeah, this can be bad, but it can definitely be used for good, too. Yeah. And so when you were a junior and then you saw that social media post and you went back to yoga, what like was it the first time that you went back and you did it again that uh, that you were hooked? Like, was it the first time that you did it as a junior where you hooked immediately or was it more of a, a gradual process? Um, so I've always been very active, like always pursued, like working out uh, daily or like regularly. And mm -hmm. so with that, I think when I came across yoga, I was like, well, I do know that there's also like benefits of yoga with like flexibility. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to be more flexible. So I think I slowly incorporated it in with my workouts. And I think in that mm -hmm. way, it wasn't just like cold turkey, like start like a huge yoga regimen. It was just like mm -hmm. a slow dosage. And then I was like, wow, I love this. Huh. That's cool to see that it was a, a gradual process to becoming something that you love. Yeah. Because I think about... Uh, I was thinking about the first time that I went, the first time I went surfing and uh, the first time, the first wave that I saw, day on, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Uh, I remember the day so vividly. I remember the first wave I ever caught so vividly. Uh, it was when Two of my friends and I, we were in Hawaii. My parents took us on a trip to Hawaii. My mother, she's Hawaiian, and so I have a lot of her family still living in Hawaii. And so I was with my two childhood friends, Zach Enixon and Troy Enixon. They were, they're triplets, uh, and, but only two of them came. <laughs> I was closer with Zach and Troy than I was with Gary when I was younger. Uh, so Zach and Troy came to Hawaii, and we were surfing at... Waikiki Beach, like the super touristy beach in Hawaii, the waves were not huge at all. Uh, but we got a lesson from this big old fat Hawaiian dude uh, from the Hans Heidemann surf shop. And he took us out into the water. It was kind of a cloudy day. And uh, he's pushing us into these waves. And we're immediately we're having a blast. It was the coolest thing in the world. And me, Zach, and Troy were really good friends at that point. And still, we're, they're, some, they're two of my best friends. And um, we, there was this one wave that was coming and the big old fat, jolly, super awesome Hawaiian dude that was our, our teacher or our coach or instructor for the day. He looks at me and Troy and he says, I'm going to push you both into this wave. And then he says, when you're riding the wave, try to high five each other. And I, and I looked at Troy and I was like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. We both looked at each other and we we're like, this is going to be sweet. So he pushes us into the wave. We paddle, 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 paddle. We both stand up. We catch the wave. And then, but we were like decently far away from each other. And uh, so we had to like inch toward each other. And we were just going straight. The wave was just whitewashed. Like it wasn't a big wave at all. We were on these like 10 foot boards. So it was super easy to, uh, to surf. And we're just riding straight towards the shore, trying to inch towards each other. 
and uh, we get closer and we're getting closer. We reach our hands out. We're reaching, we're reaching, we're reaching. And then right as we uh, high five each other, we fall into the water and we start cracking up. Uh, and it was, it was uh, just an awesome moment for, for me and Troy to high five each other on a wave one of the, in Hawaii, one of the first times that we've, the first time that we've ever surfed all together. And then this part, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. We, Troy and I, we both paddle out back to the Hawaiian dude. And he looks at Troy and I dead in the face and like as serious as could be. And he looked at us and he said, that right there is true friendship. And that blew me away. Like, when I was a young kid. I was in like the ninth grade or something. No, I was in the eighth grade. Uh, and so you don't really think about that stuff as an eighth grader, uh, what true friendship is. But to hear that from that Hawaiian dude in such a cool, uh, in a cool context and situation and atmosphere, one of the one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me in my whole life. And so I'm very happy for that memory. And from that day, I knew that I was going to be surfing for the rest of my life. Uh, wow. And it kind of stinks because I mean, you know, living in Central Virginia. There's not a lot of ocean, so I haven't been able to surf as much as I've wanted to in the last, since being in college, uh, but I know it's going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. So when did you know uh, that yoga was going to be something that you wanted to be part of your life in a huge way? Because you said it was a gradual process getting to the point of loving it and being uh, and having it a part of your, your regular life. but. When did you know this is it? Like, I want this forever. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it was the moment that I started teaching it. Because oh. I, um, I obviously love doing it. And, like, there's, like, so much that I love about the physical practice itself on your own. Um, but when it comes to teaching, like, the moment that I, start, I started teaching, I was like, this is, like, what I was meant to do. Like, at least, maybe not, like, full time, but at least, like, like you said with surfing like always having it a part of your life because I just like found such a passion for like caring and like leading other people through um something that I found such a benefit for in my own life Mm -hmm. and I like found it super natural for me to teach it and like it was really easy for me to pick up like sequencing on the spot or like breathing Mm -hmm. with movement and I don't Mm -hmm. know I just fell in love with teaching so I think that's where I was like this is going to be something bigger than just a workout. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I mean, for you know how much I've benefited from you. You know how much me have I've benefited directly from you teaching yoga. So it's definitely paying off. That reason why uh, you do it definitely paid off in my life. Mm. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, the the thing that I noticed, like when I first started doing it. Uh, I remember when I first started doing it and I would go, I would be like in the back of the classes and super shy and stuff. You were never shy, but you were, you did start in the back. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I shouldn't say that because I know I'm not a shy person, but internally, (laughs) internally, I was super shy when I would walk into the room, like inside, I was really nervous. Like every time I would walk in at the beginning and I would be nervous, I would go to the back of the room. So I don't know. So it didn't look like that, but inside (laughs) I was very nervous. 
<laughs> um, and the first thing that I noticed that yoga helped me with, and it still has helped me with till today, uh, is my posture. It, uh, as soon as I started doing yoga, I realized how bad my posture was. And then yeah. it came, and slowly I was able to fix that prop posture through yoga. Uh, that's actually really good to hear. I actually agree like with that statement too. Because I, not that I've ever really had bad posture, but it's like easier for me to like notice if I do have bad posture. Yeah, it made me so much more aware of my body. It made me so much more aware of how things are feeling, what what is off, what's right, what's wrong, what's out of sync. That was one of the first things that I really started to notice from doing yoga. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the funny thing that it helped me with was uh, putting my socks on in the morning. <laughs> Wait, what? Because so you know how like when you put your socks on. Well, I don't know if you if your bed you can sit on your bed to put your socks on, but the bed that I had in college it was too high, and so I couldn't sit on the bed to put my socks on to have like my feet on the floor and sit on the bed. So I couldn't do those two things at the same time. And so every time I had to put my socks on, I would either have to sit in a chair or I would have to stand up and balance on one foot and put my socks on. And I noticed after doing yoga, like one at a time, I'd have to put my socks on while standing on one foot. And after doing yoga, I noticed I had such an easier time putting my socks on. <laughs> wow. That that's definitely a first, but I'm glad that it's helped you. Really? I'm sure yeah. it's helped I'm sure it's helped more people, but I'm just the first to tell you. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so seriously, not every morning and not even close to most of the mornings, but some mornings when I balance on one foot to put my sock on, I think of you and Heather and doing yoga. Oh, that's awesome. You have a daily oh, reminder. A- close to a daily not not daily i would say at least <laughs> i would say at least once a month <laughs> oh yeah now that you live in thailand so <laughs> yeah oh i do literally, i literally don't wear socks ever wow and because when i teach too uh all the teachers like you don't you don't wear shoes inside ever um and so you take before i go into my classroom i have to take my shoes off uh, so I teach barefoot every single day. That's actually really interesting because, like, as you know, in yoga, you don't wear shoes. Like, yeah. And typically they say, like, don't even bring it into the studio because it's like like a sacred place almost. So it's like really? kind of interesting that they have that as like a, a cultural huh. tradition. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe way back in the day it was like that. I and now I'm just I'm talking out of my butt right now, but maybe like a long time ago, it was they looked at houses as a sacred thing and they didn't want to bring dirty shoes into a sacred place. Uh, that might be a cool connection. But what I've heard today, why they do it, uh, and it's actually really effective because there's a lot of there's basically there's a lot of dirt everywhere and a lot of the roads aren't paved and. There's just a lot of, like, the grass isn't the same. And so underneath a lot of the grass or anything that's green is usually dust or dirt or sand. And so your shoes are always constantly so dirty and just covered in dust or sand. And so if you walked in to your house wearing those shoes, it would automatically make your house disgusting. Uh, And so that's why they do it now. And that's why they do it in the classroom, too. Uh, And they even do it at some restaurants that you go to or some stores, 
Like you have to take your shoes off before you go into a restaurant. You have to take your shoes off before you go into a, a clothing store sometimes. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. And, and so at first I found it kind of annoying, but then uh, it was kind of nice because then you're always, I'm always walking around in flip-flops and it's kind of comfortable to not have shoes on and walking around places. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you get used to it and then you like start to prefer it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I noticed about the Thai people, one, the the young people, they have so much swag. It's <laughs> unreal. Like when they go anywhere, they could be going to the grocery store, they could be going to get coffee. They all look super dope. They all look like they dress the way, you know how like it's cool now? Like if I said how Kanye West dresses like with a big shirt and tight jeans and like those cool like a necklace or something like that the way Kanye West and all the new like really popular way of dressing is yeah and so that's how the people how, that's how the young people dress here too but honestly I think they do it better than the people who do it in the United States I'm sure they do honestly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then the only fault to it is their shoe game is is pretty weak, uh, and so their their whole outfit will be so put together and will be swagged out. But then they'll be wearing these disgusting flip flops that they've had for the last ten years, uh, wow. and so it, it's a really funny thing to look at. Like even when people go out at night, uh, like if they go anywhere, like their shoes are just not a part of their outfit. Yeah, that's so interesting to think about. Uh, and then the only one really negative thing about only wearing flip-flops and not wearing shoes a lot is when you look at, when I look at the older people, so almost all of their feet are really messed up and gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they get all calloused everywhere and their toenails are all disgusting and they're all kind of like deformed looking. And so it's kind of gross. After the walking without shoes for a lifetime, your feet yeah. kind of pay the price. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, and so you're, you teach vinyasa, hatha, and restorative, right? Um, yes, I do. And so me, I don't even know what the, the strong differences are between those things could you like so what is what is vinyasa i want you to tell me what vinyasa is and what hatha is and what restorative is what's the difference between the three okay so vinyasa um is usually the typical type of yoga that people imagine in the Mm -hmm. western culture um Mm -hmm. like so the word vinyasa in sanskrit when translated it means linking breath to movement So that's why it's a lot more like it's a lot more of like a fluid flow of a movement. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's more of like uh, a lot of people call it like the workout yoga. So like you're more it's more um, like most people would do it for like weight loss or something like that, because it's incorporating stronger movement patterns that generate a lot of heat and will make you sweat. And it's just more like a strengthening, I guess, workout form of yoga. And then um, Hatha yoga is, um, so Ha stands for sun and Tha stands for moon. And so Hatha yoga is 
similar to vinyasa, but it's a slow, a slower version. And so the mm-hmm. sun and moon is like you'll do something that's strengthening and builds heat, but then you'll follow that with something that's cooling and stretching and will cool down the body. So it's like the huh. compare the com, um pairing of like the sun and moon within yeah, that practice. The pairing so, of the opposites. Yeah. So that's kind of similar to like what we call here at Liberty, like gentle yoga. And so that's gentle yoga. Okay. Yeah. That's it's more of like a slow down focused on individual parts of the body type of flow. Okay. And then yeah. And then restorative is completely different. Um it's where you have like props such as like blankets, blocks, straps, and um we call it a bolster, but it's basically a big mm-hmm. pillow. And you just mm-hmm. put your body in positions and lay there for five to ten minutes. And it's really interesting to explain that to people because they're like, well, mm-hmm. are you basically just like napping? And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, but sometimes it can be like even more challenging than like a yeah. NASA class because um some of the poses that I put people in for like I don't know, like maybe 10 minutes can be very intense on the muscles if it's a deep stretch. And so it it's more of a mental game at that point. Mm-hmm. So, I remember, yeah. I remember in some of your restorative class, and yeah, I totally 100% agree with you that sometimes the restorative poses where they could be looked at as napping were oftentimes a lot more of a battle than uh, like a vinyasa class or a hatha class. Because you had to be there for so long, and it was more of like a an endurance challenge, or at least for me, in my mind, it, when I would go into a long pose, that I, I was a lot of times when we would go into a hip opening pose, I would be like, okay, I would have to psych myself up, and I'd have to really pump myself up to be able to like get into the right mindset of okay, for this whole five minutes, for all these ten minutes, I'm gonna stay in this pose, um, and so it was a different type of challenge, and I really liked that, and so when I was but a lot of the times at Liberty, the restorative classes were super early in the morning. They were the, or at least that one of the two semesters that I was really going were uh, in the 6.30 a.m. time slot. And so sometimes it would be super beneficial in the endurance challenge, like battling in my battle of my mind and my body. And it was amazing. But then sometimes I would be super tired and would legitimately fall asleep to the point of having dreams in class yeah um that's actually so interesting because like that happens quite often in my classes too (laughs) so it's really funny that you say that but um yeah like one of the biggest things that I say when I'm teaching restorative especially is like so the biggest challenge is going to be like to withhold from fidgeting or wanting to move when you're in a pose like the goal is to be able to be completely still and stay there and like in the culture we live in that we're always like go 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 and doing things like people are so uncomfortable with that and it's so interesting to see do you ever did you ever catch anybody like snoring or anything like that or not catch anybody <laughs> but have you heard anybody actually um, falling asleep to the point of snoring yeah i think that happened once and like one of their friends was like w- like hit them and had them wake <laughs> up but Aside from snoring, like people fall asleep all the time. (laughs) Like in Shavasana, they just like knock and then like you'll see they'll join like us coming out of it like halfway through. (laughs) Uh, I want to tell this funny story, but then I want to ask you about the the three different types and like which one's your favorite. Uh, Okay. But 
one of the one of the first times not one of the first times after i was going to yoga for about a month and i think i may have told you the story but i don't remember um it was in one of heather's classes and it was a packed out heather the other uh yoga teacher uh and the it was absolutely packed out and uh it was during the end and we were coming out of a stretch it was like when we were cooling down and i always knew i always knew in the back of my head that this was gonna happen to me but i was not expecting for it to happen that day and so it was in the cool down period and the music was off everybody was quiet like everybody was super relaxed at this point and uh we were coming out of a stretch and i let out the most audible fart that i think i've ever made in my <laughs> entire life <laughs> and i knew immediately i was like oh my gosh this is terrible uh oh, but then heather, <laughs> heather stepped in like a champ like she didn't let uh like, I don't know if she was planning to say the next pose as quickly as she was, but immediately she was like, okay, and then here's our next pose, and we get into this, and then just, she just started talking for, like, probably like 20, 30 seconds, and I was like, thank you, Heather. And, oh, my uh, gosh. And then later, later that day, because I had to check, because I wasn't completely sure. I was trying to convince myself that it was quiet uh, and not that loud of a fart, and so I knew this. I didn't know this girl well, but I, we ha I knew that we had a mutual friend, and I knew that mutual friend well. And this girl was in the class, but she, I was in the front left corner, and this girl who I had a mutual friend with was in the back right corner. So I texted that mutual friend, and I asked her to text the girl that was in the class and to ask her if <laughs> she heard me fart. And that girl texted back our mutual friend, dot, 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 everyone heard. And so now oh <laughs> so I know that. And it was the most stereotypical fart sound that you've ever heard in your life. And I knew that it was going to happen to me. I knew. I knew. Like, as soon as I started doing yoga, I was like, all right, I know this is going to happen to me at some point in my life. I'm going to fart during class. I didn't think it was going to happen that day, but it did. Uh, and it wasn't that bad. And the, and the silver lining to it, it was actually kind of beautiful. So a few weeks later, I heard somebody else fart in class. And it honestly warmed my heart. It made me so happy. And it, it created such an experience of solidarity and oneness in the room for me. Because I, I knew in that moment that... We were all just people. I mean, we weren't that just is these so funny. pretentious people going and doing yoga and thinking we're all hot stuff or anything like that. But we're all just people. We're all normal people who fart. And that's when I knew. I was like, wow, this is great. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, situations like that happen, like, more than you think it would. Cause, really? Yeah, because in yoga, like, you're always, like, yeah. upside down or right up mm -hmm. or on your side you're always like in different angles with your body so <laughs> that does happen quite <laughs> and not frequent but it does happen 
enough to be notable. Yeah. <laughs> and especially you as a teacher, you teach five, six, seven times a week. So yeah, and I think like the biggest thing is like as a teacher, being able to like handle like what to do. Yeah. And so just like what Heather did is something that I would do. Like I would just like immediately keep talking so that uh-huh. it wouldn't like be a thought. So it blows over in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so out of those three, out of or or if there's more types of yoga, out of vinyasa, hatha, restorative, or any of the different types of yoga, which one do you like the best? Um, so I definitely, and I always is whenever I get this question, it would definitely be vinyasa because that's like more my personality and Mm -hmm. not that I don't love hatha or restorative, which I do, but it's like totally a different speed than Mm -hmm. the way that I work every day. So like vinyasa is like movement and like, I feel like as a teacher, I can stem so much more creativity into vinyasa because there's so much more movement to be had. So I think that it's definitely my favorite to teach and to do, just because I like to get a good workout and I like to sweat and kill myself a little bit. So Yeah. See, and I'm, I'm glad that you said that, the, the part of killing yourself and getting a good sweat, because at least before I started doing yoga semi-regularly, I had the the preconceived notion that yoga was going to be so relaxing it was going to be such uh like a light experience that i'm just going to be able to go and kind of coast through it and even today people always say people who don't do yoga always say oh yoga is so relaxing right like or whenever i if i would tell people i do yoga immediately they're like oh that's so great those classes must be so relaxing and so wonderful the whole time and then after going to your classes i when when people are like yoga is so relaxing i immediately know that they've never done yoga before ever because at least for me 95% of the class 90% of the class is the most not relaxing thing you could ever do because it's so difficult it's so hard to the point where we would be frequently we would be in poses and my legs or my arms would literally be shaking and (laughs) it's just so it's so opposite of what so many people think yoga is yeah that's actually so interesting that you say that because I always get people who like have come to my class for the first time and they'll be like, oh, like I'm so excited to like do this class. It'll be a vinyasa class. And they'll be like, I'm so excited to do this class. Like I just like worked out and they're like uh, still sweaty yeah. and like all this stuff. And they're like, I like, I'm really glad to relax. And then I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just like get started. <laughs> That's awesome. That's that's and I'm glad yoga is like that because that's that's why I love it. Uh, because it's so it's really difficult. Uh, and that it's one of the reasons it's it's hard for me to do it on my own without a teacher and without having other people in the room. Uh, because I don't I won't push. I guess I won't push myself as as hard as I would as I would I don't push myself as hard as you would push me. Uh, so it's I really have to be in the in the mindset or really motivated to get a good session of yoga if i'm good get a good session of, of yoga in by myself uh 
But what I've found, the way that I do it now, I'll work it in, like the way that you started with yoga, how you worked it into your workouts. Um, like that's kind of how I do it now. I'll work it into like whatever calisthenic workout I'm doing. It'll be, I'll kind of just flow through that workout with having yoga be part of that process of just doing push-ups, sit-ups, different yoga poses uh, until I'm until I'm finished. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's the best way to improve, not only in workout and fitness, but also like in your yoga practice is if you pair it with like other forms of fitness too, because like, yeah, like you can do yoga all the time and get really good at it. But um, pairing it with workout, like when you're working out and warming up the body, it's easier to like get deeper in flexibility. Mm -hmm. And then you're also able to like utilize that. Let's say you want to get like deeper into your hamstrings. If you like do a workout that strengthens like your quads and your hip flexor, then you'll be able to go deeper into your hamstring naturally. And so I think that's like a really interesting concept. And so what would you, what would you say to the person who's never done yoga before uh, and might have that idea in their mind that yoga is just super relaxing and it's a kumbaya type of uh, experience? What would you say to that person who's never done it before who, who might be interested in doing yoga? Yeah. Um, well, I would definitely encourage them to do it anyway. But I would say... I'd be like, yeah, like yoga is very relaxing and um, can bring like restorative effects. But I, I'll be like, but that comes with like a lot of time of practice and mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard. <laughs> like I'm going to be like, I'm going to be honest, like it's going to be hard. But the relaxation comes like through being able to like have like a dedicated practice and be grow in it yourself, but also through like growing um, stronger mentally. And being mm -hmm. able to like find relaxation in the suffering. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a great way to put it. That's exactly what would go through my mind during the practices, like finding peace within the chaos, finding yeah. being relaxed in a moment of or a point in time where your whole body is screaming at you to not be relaxed when your body's in a moment of stress, and then <laughs> being able to calm yourself down and become relaxed that's yeah awesome that's why i said 90 percent of the yoga uh practice like that for a yoga session was totally not relaxing uh but then you get the super relaxing part at the end and then during it finding peace within the suffering is is a really cool uh mental game yeah it definitely it definitely is really cool to see do you think yoga has helped you it could be uh, more or less, or it could be the same. But do you think yoga has helped you more mentally or more physically? Oh, man. <laughs> huh? um, on, like, it definitely, definitely, I've seen it in both areas. And I think, uh -huh. like, um, it comes through in different ways. And I think that, like, it's just situational. But I definitely think that, like, like my body is way more flexible than it would be if I didn't do it. Like, mm -hmm. and I've never been a flexible person. And so like, it's definitely helped me in that way. And just like staying active. Um, because like, if you stop doing yoga for like a period of time, you can quickly lose a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, you lose a lot more than you gain with a daily practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I think like that idea, like, 
keeps me physically fit because I'm always like drawn back to it because I don't want to lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, like when it comes to mentally, like I think I never saw like I've never thought to myself, oh my gosh, I feel so much more at peace or so much more less stressed because I do yoga. But other people, like even um, I was saying about this with a good friend of mine this last week, but like other people will say to me, like I get this a lot, but they'll be like, I feel like so at peace when I talk to you. And I'm like, oh, huh. like, and then that makes me think of yoga because like yeah. that's really the only way I think of it. But I don't know. I think I just like, I'm, I'm quick to be calm in chaotic situations. So I don't know. Now, were you always like that? Were you like that as a child? Were you like that as a preteen, a teen? Or uh, did you notice did you notice that you were more uh, temperate after you started doing yoga? Um, I think I've always been more temperate. Like, I've never really been, like, very, like... Got a short fuse or anything like that? Yeah. But with that being said, I think yoga, like, has given me more mental and body awareness. So, mm-hmm. like, if I, like, if I am getting stressed, like, I identify that super quickly and, like, I'm quick to like do something that doesn't make me stressed. Mm. So it's more, and I think that comes with like maturity naturally, but like it's more just like being able to like identify quicker. Mm -hmm. And then like, obviously like through yoga, I have like an outlet that I can go to. Yeah. And it's cool. And hearing people say that I could imagine, I think that's probably one of the best compliments to ever hear somebody say to you, I feel so at peace when I talk to you. That's one of the greatest things in the world. Uh, and But you, you're not like, a, or at least in yoga, uh, you're not like the kumbaya, kundalini, peace and love and the universe type teacher. Like you said yourself, yeah. you, you like the, the workout, you like, the, you like killing yourself while you're doing yoga, you like the, the extremity of it. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting how you can get that. Uh, how you're still a very calming person, even though you are very intense in your workouts. <laughs> As you know from experience. Uh-huh, a hundred percent. Do you think it could do you think there was any other factors? Do you think it was do you think there have been any other things that have influenced you throughout your life uh that have helped you foster your temperance? Or do you think it's just something that's natural in you? Oh, um, well, I could definitely make the excuse that it's natural, but I would 100% say that it's like my faith and relationship with uh, God. Cause uh-huh. honestly, like when it comes down to it, like if I'm doing like a dedicated yoga practice on my own, like I do it, yes, for the physical benefits, but I feel like it's a way to like honor and worship God, like mm-hmm. with my body. And so, like, with that, like, and with, like, the maturity of growing in my faith and spirituality, like, I've definitely uh-huh. grown in being able to, like, identify, like, the bigger picture and, like, what God has for me and, like, the little situations that so many people can get stressed in. It's like, all right, but, like, does this matter eternally, you know? Yeah. Like, that's so temporary. And so, like, I definitely think it's, like, the combination of all that, but, like, when it comes down to it, like faith rises above it all. Yeah. And now I one, I want you to like go in deep with this for me, but then also 
the majority of the people who listen to this podcast are not Christians. Uh, and they don't uh, ha- ha- like understand a lot of that vocabulary. Uh, and so when you say worship the Lord with your body, like what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Like how do you do that? And how does that, uh, like how does yoga reflect doing that? Yeah. So um, in Christianity, like in the Bible, we were originally created like in God's image, but we were created from dust through breath. Like he breathed life into us. And I think like directly, that's always been a huge thing in yoga for me. Cause like so much of yoga comes down to like breath and breath work. And like, mm-hmm. that is so much more important. Cause I'm like, he like made me alive through breath. And so like, that's also so interesting. Cause like every breath that we take, like he, has the option to give it to us or to not give it to us and so like it's like a gift that he gives us that we're able to breathe and so I think through that like that's been one aspect that's definitely shown up in connecting like my worship and my yoga practice but then also like um in scripture like in the bible God says to like honor your body as it's like a temple um Mm -hmm. of him like of his holy spirit and so like I think that's another thing like I have always felt like the way you feed your body with what you consume and what you eat also with what you watch and stuff, but the way you work out and maintain your body is so important Mm -hmm. because like if you're doing that and like, like through our faith, like we always feel like we want to represent situations that people will ask us like, and ask us like, why? Just like you're asking me right now. And like, Mm -hmm. how does this connect? How do you do this? then, like, that gives me an opportunity to be able to share my faith. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think, like, that's another thing, too, like, me being dedicated through this and, like, finding a love for it will be able to connect to other people who also have a love for it, but then be able to show them, like, like how they can make it so much deeper and so much stronger. And so why, that's awesome. I love that. And so why is, why is your faith so important to you? Oh my gosh, that's such a a big question. Um, I know, and like I'm asking that for me too. Like I, I want to hear that that answer. Honestly, like because so I was raised in a household that like in a Christian household, as you could say, um, where faith was always a part of my life, and I think like I don't know anything outside of it, and like. I have been in situations and experiences that like have turned away, like not completely turned away, but like have caused me to like fall a little bit away from my faith. And like Mm -hmm. seeing that I'm like, that is the scariest place I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And like, why would I ever want to live that way? And like with, through my faith, like I have so much life and so much love and like so much joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. And I just like, there's no other like I don't know for the way that I see it is like there's no other option like uh, why mm. would you yeah. choose anything else yeah that's awesome and so it's not only that your faith saved you from uh like a life of turmoil and a life of distress but it saved you into a life of peace and a life of prosperity and a life of of wholeness am I am I right in saying that yeah no completely right and it goes into the fact of like I know that, like, I'm promised so much, like, mm-hmm. through my faith, and, like, I'm given so many blessings, and that, like, 
he like I'm so unconditionally loved and that like I'm never alone like so many of those aspects like are all like compiled into like that aspect that you just restated Mm -hmm. I really liked what you said how there's about there being no other option and and me with my faith I'm I'm at a point I've always been like this I've always been an extremely analytical person and I've always I questioned everything um and as I grew into a young adult uh, is really when I started to question my own faith and question why I believe the things that I do and have made many attempts and basically everybody who knows the real John Theo knows I'm not uh the straight edge like goody goody two shoes type Christian guy um and so I've made many attempts to live a life that is counter to the Lord. And but when I go through those stages of life or call it a season um, or when I go through those moments of being uh, or of trying to run away, there's always something. And now this is this is literally this is the reason why I'm a Christian. And why I'm still a Christian is because every single time I try to convince myself that there's no God and that this is all just some made up story and it's just like all the other religions and it's just some book that was written thousands of years ago and we believe it now because it's old. Uh, Whenever I try to convince myself of that, there's always something in the back of my heart that lets me know that I'm never going to be able to get away from God and that I'm never going to be able to get away from his love for me. And that every single time I I, I say, screw it, this isn't worth it, I'm done. There's always something like it's it's a visceral feeling of right, of something right behind my heart. I don't know, like I can literally feel it right now. Um, and it's so weird because it just feels like there's something there behind my heart that lets me know that I'm never, no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to be able to get away from the Lord's love for me and that he's always going to be there for me. And he's always going to be there right behind me, no matter how many steps I walk away from him, he's always going to be one step behind me. He's always going to be right there, no matter how far I try, how hard I try, no matter how far I go. He's always going to be right there. Uh, and so that's, that's the reason I'm a Christian, because there's mm. something in me. I don't know what it is that lets me know that I'm never going to be able to, uh, that this is me for life, that, that I'm in on a lifetime deal, uh, and that I'm welcomed with open arms for the rest of my life. And so that's, that's what always brings me back. And, it makes, and I know that there is an option, because we have free will. Like I could choose to continually walk away, but and so like we as people, we have an option, but God, He doesn't have an option. He's always going to be there. He's said to us yeah. that He's always going to be here. So He's He's revoked His option, uh, and He's given us all of Himself. And so I know for sure. And so that's when you say there's no option. Uh, that's what it means to me that there's there's no option for God because we have the right to freely choose him or not choose him. And so we, uh, and so I know that 
in in one aspect of the situation there is 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 no option for uh for getting away from god because he'll always be there yeah wow that's so cool and i think it's cool because like like that feeling that you get like you said in your heart like that's in all of us but it's like whether we choose to acknowledge it and Mm -hmm. like pursue it or not Mm -hmm. um and now with with christianity and yoga uh I think the the majority of people's perceptions of yoga would not link Christianity and yoga. They would oftentimes link different Eastern religions or different uh, frames of thought that are oftentimes counter to Christianity. And so have you ever ran into any type of, uh, I guess, and uh, of conflict? And I don't say conflict as in like a bad thing, but a disagreement of ideas when it comes to Christianity and yoga. Uh, have you ever ran into people who combat that and say that they're not, those two, two practices are not compatible or like, have you ever had any experiences like that? Um, so this is actually like, I love this question because I think, um, a lot of people who like don't necessarily practice yoga or do and they don't have a faith in christianity like they obviously don't see how those things could work together Mm -hmm. um and so even at liberty so liberty is a private uh, christian school and so Mm -hmm. heather um as you mentioned earlier she actually has had a good amount of trouble like getting yoga as like a movement here and she's really the one who kind of spearheaded that but Mm -hmm. It took a while for it to even be called yoga. Like it started with like flow. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's actually really interesting to see because like, obviously like things are changing and hopefully um, people get more comfortable with that, but it's, we're still not even allowed to like have anything saying meditation or anything like that. Really? Yeah. So I think like personally, like that's the biggest thing. But when I went to get my yoga teacher training, this past summer, um, it was a faith a faith based yoga teacher training. Oh, and that's awesome! Yeah, it was really cool. But a lot, a lot of t- the things that I heard was that like people were kicked out of their churches and told that they don't belong just because they practice yoga or they teach yoga. Um, and like, because a lot of people view it as like demonic or like Satan worshiping, mm-hmm. um, or just like completely another religion. And so I think, I think it really does come down to like education, um, because mm-hmm. what we studied in my teacher training was like how to combat that. And what it comes down to is like yoga was originally created um, by like a group of men in the called the Rishis, and they just like lived in the mountains, and they literally created the physical practice of yoga specifically to be able to prepare their bodies to sit in long periods of meditation to get closer to God. And so like, I think, yeah, you can make an argument that it was a different God and it wasn't Mm -hmm. like the God that we believe in, but like, if they made it for that, like, why, like, would we be able to not make it for our own God? Like, Mm -hmm. why can't we have our own heart intention to be able to worship our own God through that? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think like, I think 
people just need to be like educated on that and like know that like like in any situation even if we um choose to do things that are against Christianity or against our God like we need to know that like God looks at the heart of everything we do and so Mm -hmm. like whether like even like you said earlier like social media can be used for bad but it can be used for good and that's like the same for yoga like if you have the heart intention of pursuing um like the God like our God then it's okay because he knows that he looks at the heart Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered the question. Well, no, that but. definitely answers the question. And it's it's bizarre to me that Liberty doesn't let uh, the, the the yoga advertise anything about meditation because meditation is a humongous part of Christianity. And so it's so it, it's so it blows my mind that they wouldn't let you guys advertise anything about doing meditation yeah um yeah meditation is one of those things that like because there can be instances where you can um get use it for things that are not of god in very strong ways i think that that's what they see but like you said it is in scripture but the way it's in scripture is it never specifically says sit in a cross-legged position for a long period of time thinking about god you know what i mean mm-hmm. it it's more like meditate on god's word and meditate mm-hmm. on things above and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. i think when when meditation is practiced in the way of like yoga um or yoga philosophy like like i said it comes down to the heart and it comes down to like mm-hmm. where you're putting your thoughts during the meditation because if we solely focus on just clearing the mind completely then yeah, like that could possibly open us up to things that are not of God. But if we are able to like put our complete heart and mind on God, then we will be like protected from it and that'll be safe for us. Mm-hmm. And isn't the, the, the definition of yoga, is it, is it empty or the definition of meditation? Isn't it, is it empty in your mind or is it, I always had the thought or I always had the, uh, idea that it was that meditation was focusing on one or a few select specific things i always thought it was that's what meditation was but is it emptying your mind or is it focusing on one particular thing no yeah no you're completely right the direct definition of meditation is the steady flow of one specific thought or concentration and but a lot of people who don't know that think uh-huh. that meditation is just like this emptying of the mind because you always hear like I let everything go like empty your mind and so like that's Be where people get with all your mat in the universe yeah, <laughs> exactly and so that's where people get all like weirded out but in reality that's not what it is and, I, and so and so it just comes down to education it just comes yep. down to knowing your stuff. Because I bet if all those Christians who come down on yoga or come down on meditation, one, those people don't read their Bibles to know that meditation is in Scripture, or they don't read their Bibles enough to know that meditation is a large part of Scripture, and then two, they don't know what actual meditation is. And so if they knew those two things, there, I it should 
clear up their their distaste for at least meditation. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> what about um what about people like have you uh been under teachers who have who were not faith based um and who were uh just more of your normal yoga teachers? Have you ever uh practiced under any people who were not faith based teachers? Um honestly I've I've been very fortunate when it comes to that because like before I started teaching here at Liberty, I mainly did yoga on my own through mm-hmm. like YouTube or an app on my phone and I never I was never really one to go to a studio and I think part of that was like I don't want to be judged and like I don't wanna, you know, like risk that. But um like I think through that, like that's been a blessing because my first true teacher who like actually mentored me in yoga was Heather. Um, and Heather, yeah, Heather here here at Liberty, she's absolutely amazing. Like very strong um, faith and and very strong yoga practice. And she's mm-hmm. like the perfect representation of how to live that out. And so I think mm-hmm. that's like where my original um, mentorship and um, like insight came from when it came to that. And then um, going into getting a teacher training, that was like a big thing for me. It was like, I don't know if I would be able to do a teacher training that wasn't faith-based because they would probably teach a lot of the um, yoga religions that there are and like do a lot of things that work through those. And I mm-hmm. I don't think that that would be good for me and my faith. And I think that mm-hmm. um, finding a faith-based one was like such a God thing. Like his hand was completely over that. And even going like, yeah, it was hard, not just physically, but a lot of it spiritually and mentally, but like it was what I needed and God prepared me for that and prepared me to go through that in order to do situations even now and stuff. And so I think that I've been blessed enough not to have teachers who um, kind of are like speaking over me in ways that are not of God, but I've been blessed to have teachers who do speak over me. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing to have Heather as your first mentor that's so phenomenal because heather is one of the best people i've ever met in my entire life that's incredible yeah Yeah, you are i want to get her on this podcast i think that would be awesome yeah you should Mm -hmm. uh and so that's awesome you are very extremely super fortunate to have uh those experiences of of being surrounded by faith-based teachers uh to really kind of hone in on the yoga that you experience and the and the the yoga that connects you with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And now, even just saying that, even just saying the yoga that connects you with the Lord, would it be possible for you to kind of go into just a little bit of practical detail of what that's like, like while you're doing yoga? Yes, you're connecting with the Lord, but what does that look like? How, yeah. in a in a pragmatic way, are you connecting to the Lord? Like, what are you physically doing, or what are you actually thinking about in that moment of connecting with the Lord through doing yoga? Like, what does that look like? 
Yeah, so um, I think answering that question comes into, like, two different aspects. One is, like, what style of yoga are you doing? Because, like, that would change how you would pursue that. Uh But so first, if I was doing vinyasa, which is more of a workout, more of flow, Mm -hmm. you do start and end a vinyasa practice with a few moments of rest and meditation, you might say, but relaxation. Mm -hmm. And so I think in those moments, both in the beginning and in the end, that's where you're like, all right, God, like, I'm giving this practice to you. Like, I'm giving you, re-surrendering to you my life. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, maybe teach me something that I need to be taught through this. Or just, mm-hmm. like, let me experience your presence, even. Just, like, alone asking for his presence. And then that way, that's good when you open and when you close vinyasa. Because usually in vinyasa, you're moving so much that you're so consumed often by, like, the physical of what you're doing that you don't mm-hmm. really you're not constantly in prayer constantly in meditation and so I think that um that is a really good way to like plan out how you would pursue that in a vinyasa practice but then if you were doing something like restorative where you're basically chilling out the whole time mm-hmm. then that's more of like you would I would probably usually if I do that on my own it's like an extended prayer or it's like mm-hmm. god like give me the rest that i need through this mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of like asking god to just like do what he needs to do through it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, asking god to do what he needs to do through it is that what you said yeah that's awesome and now how if you feel comfortable asking answering this question how do you pray like what is prayer to you like when you're going to pray, uh, what is that like? It, within a yoga practice or just in my life? In general, within yoga or with, in general, whichever one you want to go with. Yeah, so I, I guess like in general is the same as like in my yoga. So I'll just do that. But for me, like prayer, like I feel like a lot of times people think of prayer like, oh, like if you're going through something, you pray. Or if you're happy, you pray. Like you do it situationally. But for me, I see prayer as just like it's constant. Like you never, like you're never just like oh I pray every night before bed. Like for me, it's like I'm constantly in prayer. Like whenever I think about God, I'm praying. Like and so I try to pursue that. And like one thing that one of my really good friends mentioned to me this semester is like don't ever say like amen when you're praying on your own just like let it be so that you can continue throughout your day and so that I think is how I pray and like whenever I do come to like a specific time that I'm like all right God like I'm coming to you in prayer then I structurally I'm like always first give him the praise and give him the thanks for everything that he's done before Mm -hmm. I even give thought to asking him for anything or Mm -hmm. praying for anything because like ultimately he's he's the ultimate so like obviously like I have to give him the honor and the glory Mm -hmm. and so through that I think like then I'll give him the praise and thanks and then I'll like offer to him what's on my heart and like ask him to like move through me and I'll even pray like God like I'm human and what I'm praying might not be what I should be praying for so like Mm -hmm please like use the situation to teach me and to show me and to um, kind of like show your power. And 
I think in going into yoga, like it's really the same. I'm just like, I try to be just in this constant state of prayer when I'm mm-hmm. within my own thoughts. And so I think that going into yoga, it's just like a continuation of that. Has there been uh, any moments recently or uh, really amazing moments in the in the recent past where you've seen in, in answer to prayer? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like there's little things every day, but uh-huh. um, I'm trying to think of just like a really um, big thing. Um, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be one of those little things because, I mean, a lot of times in our lives, aren't a lot of our lives aren't these big crazy moments it's we have very normal lives uh we everybody wakes up we go to work in the morning we come home and we try to have a little bit of fun and that's and so most of our lives are normal so if it's if it's one of those small little answers to prayers that's just as uh at least in my mind it's just as notable because most of our lives is filled most of our lives are filled with those small little yeah Yeah. And I would um, definitely agree. Uh, But something that did come to mind when you were speaking was Mm -hmm. so um, coming into this year of school. So this like fall semester, Mm -hmm. I really was like praying to God because last year I was and both last two years, I've been very busy and I was like, always have had like a good friend group on my hall. But I was like, God, like, I really want like, this year's hall like since I live on campus like Mm -hmm. my resident hall to be very strong and just like to be made up of girls that I can relate with and that um not only give me opportunities to grow them but also they grow and challenge me just the same and that has been one of the biggest answers to prayer especially recently um and I've seen through them like the importance of community especially when it comes to faith and being able to surround yourself with people who will challenge you and will grow you um, and support you in what you believe. And um, so I would definitely say like through that and also like through, and this kind of relates to yoga, but um, through really trying to like experience God and see God in his fullness. And like over the summer, I really struggled with that. And I was like, God, like, I need you to like prepare my heart and to give me situations where I can just learn about who you are completely and like fully, like every aspect, like your wrath, your love, your joy, your sadness, like everything, everything Mm. that you include. Um, And this semester, like it's absolutely mind blowing and like kind of gets me emotional, but like Mm -hmm. he's shown me like through the different teachings that I've heard through campus, through church services, um, and through girls on my hall, like speaking into me or speaking with me and through like the book, um, that we've been pursuing, they all have been on the fullness of God. And like, I don't even know how to explain it. Mm. Like, and it's been like just such a complete answer to prayer. And he's moved in the greatest way through that because like, I think especially as I, like, start to go into, like, adulthood, 
Sorry, there's something in my throat. I'm not actually trying to cry right now. <laughs> Jules, it's okay. You can cry. Everybody, everybody cries. You can let it out. <laughs> I know, but I'm a very emotional person, and so I don't want to release that gate. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's just been, like, absolutely amazing to see, like, like, God has, like, given the people and brought the people into my life this semester in order to grow me for exactly what I prayed for. And I think that's just like so incredible. And now this, what I'm about to say, this is, this is not me playing devil's advocate. This is not me uh, just asking a question for the listeners. Like this is, this is a genuine question that I have for me. And it's a question that I have internally that I really want to know what you you think about and so those those that those answers to prayer of uh of how you prayed that you wanted to experience the fullness of who god is and and every aspect of him uh and that was in the forefront of your mind and then um you saw answers to that and then a a question in that i have in myself and that i ask myself all the time is that is that could and this is, I, I probably this is a question for me that I ask myself all the time when I pray and when I see answers to prayer. Um, is that could it possibly be just that because you had the fullness of God in the forefront of your mind that then you took specific actions to go and see that prayer come to fruition? In that, because you were thinking about it, and it, and because it was something that you wanted, it, because it was a a desire and a motivation that you had, that you either consciously or subconsciously went and made specific decisions to see the answer to that prayer. And that's that's a, it's a question that I always ask myself when I pray, and if I and if I and if I want to experience something with the Lord or I want something to happen in my life, uh, I ask myself, could this have been just me focusing on something and then either consciously or subconsciously making efforts to see it come to fruition, or was it truthfully? God who came in and, and intervened and, and answered that prayer? Um, yeah, that's definitely a good question. And I think that, like, I'll answer this two ways. One uh-huh. is, like, the first way I think is that um, technically you could make an argument that any answer to prayer is just coincidence or it just happened because yeah. you were thinking about it and. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just the way that the stars aligned. You could always make that argument. But I think part of it comes down to you have to think that God is in control of everything and that technically, like everything that we experience, God put there for us to experience. And it was God ordained from the beginning. But another way to answer that is like this might be a little bit more tangible. Um, Mm -hmm. but like over the summer when I was in my yoga teacher training, I was exposed to like certain gifts of the Holy Spirit that I had never been exposed to before. And Mm -hmm. that was a challenge for me because I didn't know how to, um, kind of take it. And I didn't know like 
I kind of struggled with like trying to see who God was through that. Mm-hmm. And and now and now before you go any further, what is a gift of the Spirit for people who who don't know? Yeah. So when you become a follower um, of Christ and believer in Christ, when you, I guess you could say, when you accept God into your heart and start to follow a relationship with Him, um, the Holy Spirit now dwells in you, and through that, um, it can give you gifts. And so, like those gifts can be like the gift of peace or the gift of love. Um, But then there's also like external gifts, like the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, gift of tongues, stuff like that as well. So that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, there's so much more to the Holy Spirit, but that's like a quick uh-huh. little yeah, overview. Yeah. And so going back into what I was saying earlier was that, so through that experience, I was like kind of struggling of like, do I really want the fullness of God if that's how it's mm-hmm. going to be? But mm-hmm. And like, which, I, which gift were you exposed to? Um. It was mainly the gift of tongues, I would say. That's yeah. awesome. I love yeah. it. And and so I pr- I was praying about it and I was like, God, like I don't want to like view you in like a distorted way. I don't want cuz you're not a god of confusion, you're not a god of chaos, like you're a god yeah. of peace, and that's what mm-hmm. I know. And so I was praying about that and then coming into this semester, um we as um, someone on leadership on my hall, I'm required to go to something called campus community, which is basically like a church service for a whole campus on a Wednesday night. And we have been doing a ser- series on the seven churches in Revelation. Um, and literally like the one day, uh, it was like one of the, I think it was one of the first churches that he went over. He literally spent the whole time breaking down the Holy Spirit. And like what the purposes are of the Holy Spirit, um, how it should be, and like why, just like the different aspects of the Holy Spirit, and like I don't know, like yeah, you could say that that was due to coincidence, and it could just be have been on my mind, but like that definitely happened, and like that was such an answer to prayer because I immediately like felt the peace that that brought me, and I felt God being like, "This is who I am," and like mm-hmm. there's no need to fear any of it. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing because uh, tongues is a very freaky thing for a lot of people, uh, and it's it's cool that in that in your some of your primary experiences with tongues, uh, you had an experience of peace in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I definitely was. Like, it, I had to work through my own flesh and work through my own desires and perceptions in order to get uh-huh. to peace, but it did make it to peace, which is good. That is good. Okay, good. It made it to peace. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so wait, well, and that was at uh, one of the, that was at your teacher training? Yes. And so, if you, if you feel comfortable, I want to go there. Like, what went down? Um. It it's a very complicated situation, so I won't really go into it okay. really deep. But uh-huh. it, we were in a so what was cool about my teacher training is that we were able to do like worship services and um different like things that you wouldn't normally do at another teacher training. But like 
to worship like our God and like be saying like you're no your typical worship songs and stuff. And it was awesome. Um, and it was actually one at one of the worship services. It was in the first week, first few days um, at night. And um, we were singing, I think it was Reckless Love by, um, I think it's Corey something. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, he, wait, what's his name? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know the song. It's okay. But um, so it was during that one of the other members at our training just started speaking in it but it was the first time she had ever done it too really yeah and so um there were aspects to it that um like I wasn't really comfortable with and so like Mm -hmm. I think that's why like I was struggle with it so much but um like there was other stuff involved and it's like I said it's kind of a complicated situation but Mm -hmm. I think that like through that like God um taught a lot of us there and like grew a lot of us that were there about like who he is and like um that he isn't something to fear or be afraid of and like neither is the holy spirit and that we should mm-hmm. always be praying and desire the fullness mm-hmm. of him mm-hmm. that's amazing and so are you are you down with tongues is that something that uh your that's a part of your your christian faith now um so i like I think that that situation is still the only situation that I've seen it in. And I think that it comes with me like getting more exposure and understanding Mm -hmm. it more specifically. But I think like knowing the Holy Spirit more is something Mm -hmm. that I'm more comfortable with and like Mm -hmm. being more open to his gifts in general. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know that like, because tongues is, I guess you could say such a, um, a gift that people are often wary about. I think mm-hmm. it's easy to get so focused on that specific gift, but mm-hmm. like the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. Yeah, so much more than just that uh, that freaky little thing. And I've totally like it's it's weird tongues and like not even being funny, but just being truthful. It's a weird thing. It's yeah, like for Christians and non Christians, it is a weird totally out there crazy like crazy crazy weird thing uh and so i totally understand why people are uh turned off by it um and so for for people who don't know what tongues is or have a very minimal understanding of what it is basically there's two different types of tongues uh that we see in the bible and what tongues is, is when you're speaking out loud. Uh, and the first time that tongues happened was at a gathering of Christians. And there was many Christians who did not speak, who all spoke different languages. Uh, and it says that the Holy Spirit came upon them and all of them started speaking in tongues. And what those tongues were, were those, let's say I was an English speaker, but then I immediately started praying in Spanish or I started preaching in Spanish so that the the Spanish speaker in the room was able to understand what I was saying and it happened with many different languages all at once uh and so people were speaking languages like human languages that people uh that they normally were not uh fluent in they were speaking different languages so that it could be benefited by others who did not speak the speaker's native language uh, so that's one 
aspect of tongues, but then another aspect of tongues is when a Christian opens his mouth and speaks in unintelligible language. And it's super freaky and it's super weird and it's totally crazy. Uh, but it's one of those things that Christians do. It's a it's a step of faith to trust the Lord that what you're doing is okay. And that what you're doing is uh, helping you grow closer and, and connect with the Lord. And so you, you open your mouth and you start speaking and you speak in unintelligible language that uh, you don't understand. Nobody else in the whole world could understand. Uh, it's not a language. It's not a language that humans speak. Um, but you speak this language that nobody knows what it is, but it's an aspect of prayer and it's a step of faith to do so. And so it's a part of the Christian faith. I've had, I've personally had awesome experiences with speaking in tongues. Uh, I still totally don't understand it. Uh, but the times where I have spoken in tongues, which has been uh, frequently throughout the last couple of years, uh, it's brought me a lot of peace and it's brought me a lot of rest. And so even if it's something that's totally hoop de doo and totally caddyshack and totally not real at all, then whatever, it doesn't really matter because I've still benefited from it. And so even if it's totally out there and totally not true, it's no skin off my back. Uh, and I have experienced peace and rest from it. So that's a, a very uh, elementary definition of <laughs> what speaking in tongues is uh, for those who don't understand. Uh, now, I have a question for you, Jules. Okay. And so not your favorite song of it could be your favorite song of all time but what is your favorite song right now and now this is one of the two questions that i ask every single one of the guests that come on this show i ask them this question because i love music so much it's such a huge part of my life i listen to it from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to sleep uh, and so i love music so much and i love hearing what people's favorite songs are so every person who comes on the show, I ask them what their favorite song is right now at the moment. And so, like, what song, Jules, are you listening to the most right now? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this question, anytime I've asked it, is literally the hardest thing ever because uh, <laughs> um, I'm a very musical person and music is very, very important to me in many different ways and yeah. so when it comes to choosing one it's literally the hardest thing um because i'm like one of those people who is constantly searching for new and is always listening yeah. to new um and stuff so i i need so I'm just trying so to you think. Could even, you could even pull up your phone and look at your recently added playlist. No, that's literally what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not not your favorite song of all time. Because that's a very difficult question. That's a difficult question for me to answer. But because I listen to new music all the time, uh, and I go through different little uh stages of, of music listening. Like right now I'm listening to R and B. Uh I have all my recently added are R and B bands from like the seventies and eighties. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, 
like, can I? <laughs> I'm trying to, can I give like an artist in general nah, instead of just you like gotta, one song? You gotta give a song. Oh my god. We gotta respect the game. <laughs> Brutal. Okay. Um. Oh my gosh. I literally, I'm struggling so much. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jules. It's just so, you and me. It's just you and me here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Okay, I think it would be. You're probably like, oh my gosh, this is so. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. This is good. I'm glad you're taking this seriously. No, I, this is very serious. I know. This is, a, see, this is a huge deal. Music is so important. And I love it. I love listening to music. And I think people who can perform music and create music are some of the most impressive people in the world who, just with their voices and some instruments, can cause such uh, uh, lucid experiences for whoever listens to it. And so I think yeah. musicians are some of the most impressive people in the world. I love them. I'm very thankful for them. And, and, and so I want people to, to have opportunities to see your favorite song right now so that then they too can experience what you and I experience on an everyday <laughs> basis while we listen to beautiful, beautiful music. Okay. So I think currently it would probably be Cold Showers by Chelsea Keller. Cold Showers, Chelsea Keller. Awesome. But, What's that song like? So, what kind of song is that? Like genre? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like um, what is it? Yeah. Oh, wait. What's her last name again? Keller's? Cut- Cutler. Cut- Cutler. Cutler. Like C-U-T-L-E-R. Got it. Yeah. Um, it, she's a very, like... Um, like, I guess you could say, like, electronic dance, but it's, like, a chill, like, yeah. a very chill version of that, and she has a really unique voice, um, and so, like, literally any song by her is absolutely amazing, and so I just, I threw that song out, because that's, like, one of her best new ones right now, but I encourage you to listen to all of her music. Heck yeah, 100%, yeah. I can't wait, and I love asking this question, because then I get, I get new music. And so, one, I do it for the people listening, but then I also do it for myself. Because now, like immediately after we're done here, I'm going to go listen to this song. And, and then now I've just added a whole new artist to my uh, quiver of musicians to Good. listen to. Hopefully I like it. <laughs> I hope you do too. <laughs> uh, now, how are you doing on time? Can I, can I ask you a couple more questions? Um, a few more. I might need to go soon. Though. Word. All right. The last, there's two more things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about your diet. Uh, and so you're, you're totally, you're plant-based, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. And so how does that, uh, how does that work into yoga, um, and your, your everyday lifestyle? Why are you totally plant-based now? Are you, is plant-based vegan, vegetarian? What is that? Yeah. So it's, um, vegan. So vegan. that is no animal products at all. Uh-huh. And um, I, so going into yoga directly, a lot of times people eat certain things in yoga because it may, the foods you eat obviously make you feel a certain way. Yeah. They have an effect on your body. And um, a lot of yogis, I guess you could say, believe that having more of a plant-based diet makes your body feel better and prepares it better for a yoga practice. And I would definitely say that's true. 
But -hmm. personally for me, that's not the reason that I'm Mm plant-based. I am plant-based because my sister, my oldest sister, when she was in college, um, the muscles in her throat stopped working. And Mm -hmm. so she wasn't able to swallow and was basically on a liquid diet for almost two years. And um, we, yeah, we went to the doctors a ton. They tested her for allergies and a lot of different things, but nothing was coming up. And she even had to go through surgery. Um, to get her throat stretched out and like was put on steroids that had really bad side effects. And Mm -hmm. my other sister came across um, veganism or plant-based diets in nursing school. And Mm -hmm. she was like, hey, like, why don't you try this and just see what it works? And at that point, my sister was like, well, I'll try anything. Like, I really want to heal this Mm -hmm. and figure it out. And so she cut all animal products out of her diet. And within two, three weeks, she was completely healed. The muscles in her throat started working again and she started gaining all of her health back. And so are you serious? Yeah. Ever since then, my entire family has been vegan. Your entire family? Yes. Wow. (laughs) That's incredible. I know. Everyone always says that. (laughs) So, so your sister who was having these health problems for years that and went through surgeries and steroids couldn't find any fix and then turned to a plant-based diet and the the problem that modern medicine and surgeries couldn't fix was fixed by a plant-based diet yeah isn't that incredible that is a that is incredible that is in the truest sense of the word incredible yeah, that's one of because I I like asking people that question why they're vegan or why they're vegetarian or why they eat the way they do, uh, and that is one of the most uh, astounding answers <laughs> that I've ever heard as to why somebody is vegan. That's amazing, and it's so funny because people when they hear that I'm vegan or plant based are always like oh, like, you're one of those, and they're, like, so, like, why, like, why is it for the animals, and I'm, like, no, it's actually, like, this, and then I'll yeah. tell them the story, and then they're, and like, they're mind they're blown. Like, yeah, they're, like, that's actually, like, a, an amazing reason, <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, it gets me upset when people uh, condemn others for the way they eat and why they eat the way they do, like, if your reason for being, having a plant-based diet was because you don't like killing animals, that's a perfectly fine reason. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And so it, it's, it gets me mad. And that's why I love this podcast. Uh, because, and I haven't had too many guests on it yet, but uh, every other week is going to feature a new guest. And, and the, the person who I had on last week, uh, she was a, a radically different person than you. Uh, and we got to hear all about her life and wh- why she does the things that she does. I wouldn't say she was a radically different person than you, uh, but she uh, she wasn't a Christian. Like she doesn't live the same life as you do. But I got to hear about her and, and why she does the things that she does. Um, and so, and that's why I love doing this. What's, what's one of the reasons I love traveling is is getting to talk to people who are from all different walks of life and who get to who have totally different experiences than, than me and totally exp- different experiences from you. And when I get to listen to you talk, I get to learn from you because uh, you and I, even we, we have similarities, but we also have differences. And so it's, it's really amazing. It's, and it's, it's one of the core reasons is 
as to why I am who I am. Because, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> legit, like, I am – the reason I I am the way That's I am awesome, is because you are you. Like, the reason – I am not me if you are not you, yeah. Jules. Uh, and so I get to learn a lot from you here in this conversation. I get to learn a lot from the person who was on last week, the person who's going to be on next week. Uh, and so I love doing it. And and so it get, it really gets me – it's something that I have a sensitivity towards when people will uh, condemn uh, the reasons why people do certain things. Uh, because if you're a vegan and you don't eat meat because uh, you think animals are cute, then that's <laughs> awesome more yeah. power to you whoever you are uh and if you're a person who uh looks down on people for not eating animals because they're cute then you need to get better as a person i love you whoever you are i love you so much and I thank you for listening to this podcast but uh i'm gonna be a good friend and you need to get better as a person whoever you are if mm-hmm. you listen to this you gotta get better as a person if you look down on people for the reasons that they choose to live the life that they live. I love you so much, but you got to get better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jules, I have, that's cool. That's awesome. That's an amazing story as to why. And super thankful for your sister. That's awesome that she was able to get her health back. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and so I have a la- the last question. This is a surprise question. And I like that it's a surprise question, and I intentionally make it a surprise question because it's a big question, and it's going to put you on the spot. And but I do that for a reason because I want your answer to be unscripted uh, and as as pure as it can be. And so this is a big question, and you're going to get mad at me for it. But okay. Jules, I want to know what your favorite thing about life is. Oh wow. Oh, I like that question. That's actually so right. cute. And that's it's it's a question that I'm asking everybody on this show to to hear what their favorite things about life are. Um, my and you want me to say just like one, like my favorite, my top favorite. Rattle, rattle some stuff off. You got the you got the floor. Okay. Well, I would definitely say my top favorite thing about life is the opportunity to be in relationship with anyone or anything, like whether that's like like a marital relationship or just like friendship and I think like that plays into my faith because like it's a representation of like what we were created for to be in relationship with God and like that's above all else and that's why my favorite thing and just like community goes into community and just being able to like live life with other people um but other favorite things about life is warm weather Hmm. the ocean and beach Mm -hmm. um being able to like change how your body looks and feels based on what you do i think that's so beautiful um i would say dancing and music because those all go into hand in hand and food (laughs) that's amazing there's so many things that i feel like that's yeah jules you were you're the first person uh who's been able to answer this question quickly (laughs) oh really yeah, everybody. Or the, so I've asked two people this so far, and uh, all both of them were like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't know what to do." Like that's such a tough question. I don't know. Uh, like my sister was on the show, and she was she was uh, she would she was uh, I guess 
not mad at me, but it was kind of funny. She was like, what are you putting me on the spot like this for? Uh, <laughs> but you rattle off a lot. That's awesome. And so the, one of your, your favorite things about life is the opportunity for a relationship with anything or anyone. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, I think that's at the core of uh, a lot of people's motivations is to be in, be in relationship with, with, with things and, and with other people. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And what do you mean thing? What do you mean anything? I don't know if I meant like directly <laughs> like a like a thing, but I think I meant like you can be like a re- in a relationship with like anyone. Like it's just like the matter of like that like one to one communication that like we were designed for. Just like I said, and so like the ability to even like like I don't know. God could have put us on this earth like to be like not communicating with anybody and to be like on our own completely but like no he gave us people around us and i think that's like so awesome because i would go crazy without other people yeah that's awesome jules yeah jules this has been a blast yeah this has been such an honor i've had so much fun that's awesome thank you that it's been an honor for you it's been an honor for me to have you on the show for real like this is awesome i had a ton of fun this was great Good. I had so much fun too. Nice, freaking Jules, you are the best. Ooh, uh, for if people wanna to to know more about you or to see anything that you've done or or written or anything that you've put out there, where can people go to uh, to check you out? Yeah, um, I would say I'm most active on my Instagram. So if you want like a personal, if you want to follow my personal life, you can go to at Jules Rogers. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to keep up with like yoga and any yoga tips or just like how I practice, then you can do my yoga page, which is at Jules McKenzie Yoga. Awesome. And so I'll have those in the in the descriptions of this website so people can go and look at them. Uh, but guys, the her yoga page is is awesome. It's super cool. Uh, and so if you're into yoga or if you're just into fitness at all, go check it out. She does these monthly challenges or monthly practices where you'll have a certain thing to do like she did one in october which was really cool uh that i started but then i fizzled out towards like Mm -hmm. halfway through october i was a little upset with myself but there's good reason as to why i fizzled out uh a little bit of a good reason as to why uh but so follow her 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 yoga page jules mckenzie yoga it's awesome the i'll have it in the description uh, if you want any fitness tips or you want to do yoga, she's amazing at yoga. She has been, she's my yogi. Jules is my <laughs> yogi. So go check her out because she's awesome. And that, that yoga page I think is going to blow up. Uh, and I think, so Jules, like and I've said this to you before, uh, I think anything that you want to accomplish within yoga is attainable because you've got such a heart for it you've got such a passion for it and you're good at it and you're so good at it uh and being in your classes was is is truly in a wonderful experience for me and it's something that i miss it's one of it's one of the things that i truly miss about uh being in university and being in liberty being at liberty and and living in lynchburg was your yoga classes it's one of the only things that i think about and, and actually miss about that uh so guys, go check out her page because uh, she's going to be big. If, if it's something that she wants to accomplish, 
in the yoga world, of being big in the yoga world, it's going to happen. So connect with her uh, now. Get on the train now. All right, guys? And then also her personal page, Jules Rogers. Jules like the pod and Rogers like the quarterback. Uh, her personal page, you'll get to see a lot of Josiah. And Josiah is her boyfriend. And Josiah is a hunk. So go check out the page. <laughs> And see Josiah. So, ladies, if you're listening to this, go go check out a stud named Josiah, who is Jules' boyfriend. Uh, show him some love too. <laughs> <laughs> and right. if they're interested, we also post acro yoga on my um, yoga page. Acro yoga, look at that. See, you guys, go check it out. Uh, all right, Jules, you ready to wrap it up? I'm ready to go. All right, Jules, for real, thank you so much for being here. I loved it. I had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Loved catching up with you. I'm glad you're doing well. And thanks for in- being interested in my life. 100%. It's a very interesting life. All right, I'll talk to you soon, Jules. All right, sounds good. Bango! There's the podcast. Much love, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. My beloved listeners, I love you so much. You guys know who you are. You know who you are, my beloved listeners. You know if you're a beloved or not. You know if you've been listening long enough to know that you are beloved. I love you so much. Seriously, thank you guys for listening. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Much love, everybody. Until next time.